Good morning. There is a lot of energy in this room, and that is fantastic. Would you stand and worship with the praise team this morning as we sing Not to Us? Raise the banner high, it's not for me, it's all for you. Let the heavens shake and sway the sky, let the moon 
Peter. I'll ask the ushers to come forward as we prepare to collect the offering. I want to read two verses from John chapter 4. We talked about this in our Committed Life class this morning. This is Jesus speaking to the Samaritan woman, and he says in verse 23, The hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. My question to all of us this morning is, who are you worshiping this morning? Are you worshiping yourself? Are you worshiping things? Are you worshiping other people? Or are you worshiping the Father? Are you worshiping Jesus Christ? We here at Crosspoint are here to worship Jesus Christ in spirit and in truth. We're going to lift his name up. We've sung about him. You're going to hear a message about him. It's our job to do so in spirit and truth. So let's do that. Let's purpose in our hearts to worship him in spirit and truth this morning. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that gives us the truth. You gave us your son who is the embodiment of spirit and truth. You sent your son to reveal yourself, Father. We pray that today, as your word is opened up, that we will all have listening hearts ready to hear what you have for us. You have a message for us from your word. Pray that we would be listening for that message and respond according to your will. We want to worship you in spirit and truth this morning. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We would like to say welcome to those watching on Facebook book this morning. Usually I give a, or not usually, sometimes I give a shout out to Stella Hilkbrand. She's not, sometimes she's in Florida, sometimes she's here, and I'll say, everybody turn and wave to Stella, but Stella's here today. So turn and wave to Stella. She's right there. I see her back there. So I uh, had called her the other day and gave her a hard time about something. I don't remember what, and she gave it right back. So, uh, but it is good to see uh, so many here, but we are grateful for our ability to be connected by way of Facebook. We don't take that lightly. Not everybody can be here all the time. Uh, we understand that. But I am grateful that you chose to be here today. Thank you, Brad, for that prayer. Thursday, as I sat down um, to prepare today's message, <clears throat> um, you know, sometimes as a pastor, a preacher, you uh, there's, uh, there's a lot to preach. There's a lot. I mean, you got the whole book. There's 66 books. There's doctrines. There's topicals. There's, then sometimes, you, you know, what, do, what, do, what does the church need to hear? What do people need to hear? And then sometimes you do that, but then there's cultural things. There's contemporary issues going on that are addressed directly in the Bible. So you approach sometimes these things. And that's why it's vitally important for, for me, for you, to be praying daily, but also week to week as we consider worshiping together 
on the opening of God's word. If you only hear God's word on Sunday morning or on Wednesday night, you're starving yourself. You're anorexic, spiritually speaking. We need God's word. And I appreciate this prayer because that's exactly what was my mindset Thursday when it was like, I'm thinking these things through, I'm sitting at my table, I'm praying them through, and it was just simply preach, just, just, just preach the word. Just, that's it. It's right here. You can't, you can't miss when you got good material. It's, it's right there. And you don't have to be creative. And, and sometimes I'll, there's illustrations, and then we got to find a good scripture to match that illustration. That's backwards to what the word of God would have for us today. And then sometimes I think, well, Scott, sometimes you get too wiry and wound up, and you, you're, you speak fast, and you speak the same, you know, pitch level, and you need to inflect, do that with your voice. How about we just be, be who we are today and, and, and open the Bible and be ready. Buckle up. Be ready. I don't mean buckle up, I'm going to beat you up. Buckle up. Let's, let's enjoy the fact that we're alive today. Let's enjoy the fact that God will make you alive today. Ephesians chapter 2 is where I would encourage you to turn to. You can keep your, we're going to just keep your finger right there. We're going to start with it. We're going to end with it. We're going to do the bulk of our cooking right there in Ephesians chapter 2. We'll go to other scriptures. But one thing that I like that we're able to do here, especially in our small groups, is you have questions. Let's talk about it. You may think, well, usually you say if you have questions, we have answers. I, I, I can find it and answer, but sometimes it's not the answer. You, you need to think it through and talk it through. And I love that about our church. We're able to do that. If you have concerns, thoughts, and questions, I quickly, right before church, scanning the room, it was so interesting to me. You had this side of during our small group Bible, uh, LifePoint Bible study groups. They were wound up high energy, which is rare for Roger and Brad's class, by the way. It's rare for them to be that high energy. They were wound tight. And um, then over there, the kids were throwing balls and doing their thing. And then I come into Faithful Life, and it's quiet. Almost comatose. Quiet. With everything that goes on in this building and just trying to connect and see. And sometimes I'm barely saying hey to people. But you know what I'm hearing? There's excitement and there's joy in this building this morning in that first hour. There's also some concerns and heartache in this building this morning. And when that all comes together, it's like, well, you, you, I, I couldn't preach to every person's need. Exactly. But the word of God does. Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to share something today that's vitally urgent and extremely encouraging all rolled up in one. And there's one word that you want to hear repeated a lot. And the word is regeneration. Regeneration. Regeneration or the rebirth is a different, different from our first Birth. I'm going to share what you already know. When we are born physically, we're born with a sin nature, a, a propensity to sin. That's what you're going to do. You may think, well, yeah, we, we know this. There's some people that don't know that. 
That answers the question of why is the world so screwed up? I'm not allowed to say screwed up on Sunday morning. I can only say that on Sunday night in Facebook. That explains why the world's so messed up. It explains it. Many of you are in this room today. You've traveled the world. You've seen the world. And, and when you see the world, you go, well, God, I, how's that work over here? How's this work? Jake is in from, well, right now Texas, but Guam and um, uh, as a lieutenant in the Air Force. And we, so welcome, Jake. Good to see you. Um, Yeah, he, um, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for him. But the, as you see the world, you look at the world. We, we Americanize so much stuff sometimes. We're, we're not the center of the universe, y'all. Yes, we got a great military power. Yes, we have a, a great economy. I don't want to pull that thread too hard. But we have all that compared to the world. Then when you see the world, you're like, but God, how's all that work? How does, where's your hand here? Do we have a lock on this thing called Christianity? Do we have a lock to you? The Bible transcends all nations, all countries, yet it has a hand and controls all nations and all countries. But the human condition is the same. We have a sin nature. We have a propensity to sin, and that answers the question, why is everything so messed up? There's no utopia out there. Don't let anybody convince you of that. Why? As long as there's a human being involved, there's going to be problems. When we're born, we're born with this depravity. The new birth is a spiritual birth, though. Holy, that makes one alive to the Father. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Let's grab and go. Let's grab and go. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you he made alive. Say alive. 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 Now the King James used the word quick in there. But we are alive. I love that. I know periodically I'll share that word right here. And we forget that we are walking this earth and we're alive. This earth is alive. It's, it's active, man. It's breathing. It's, it's, we're breathing. We have the ability to communicate and touch and touch lives and be a part of each other. Nothing frustrates me more than watch somebody living a defeated life when they don't have to. We're alive today. Man, take a deep breath in and let it out. Feel that if you can. Some people can't do that. But we're alive. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. All of humanity, which includes you and you on Facebook that are watching, you are either in trespasses or you're in Christ. There's no, um, there's no middle comfortable ground here for that one. You are either in sin, in trespasses, or in Christ. When in trespasses, that word trespasses, by the way, iniquity, sin, trespasses, they're all the same, but they have their own little nuance to them. But that word trespass, right there it is in verse 1, is open violation. It's an open violation. It's kind of where we get our term, you know, you've seen the signs, no trespassing, right? We know what that means, 
But we're, when we trespass, we're openly violating the law in a government sense. When we have trespasses against God, we're openly violating God's standard, God's law. We're willingly doing that. The human race uh, is, the, the, the Greek word here is, is nekros, which, which really means, watch this, a corpse. Watch where we're going with this. Verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead as a corpse in your sin. I don't know if you know this, but dead's dead. And right now there's people that I know of that are struggling with life. You know, they have all the signs of, of, of transitioning from this life to the next. And, and that can be hard to hear. But the truth of the scripture is that we are a corpse. That means lifeless toward God in and of ourselves. We will live as if he doesn't exist. We are lifeless toward God. Now you're going to say, but Pastor Scott, I, I know that. I know, I know all you know, the depravity. I get it. But there's a lot of good things going on out there. You just get stuck in your bubble here. You, get so, you know what someone asked me last week? I, I was so, I really wasn't offended. They said, I have a question. Do you know any non-Christians? They asked me that question, or non-believers. And the question was innocent because it, when you live in this bubble, sometimes you can live in a bubble, can't you? And we talk about other things, but we haven't experienced it. I was excited to say, yes, I do. Uh, no, because that's where we all are or were at one point in life. But we all, uh, when we're in trespasses, we are a corpse. We're lifeless toward God. We don't want what God wants, and we live as if he doesn't exist. Even though we may be doing some nice things, some good things, we're still lifeless toward God. You may be thinking, what do you mean? I don't fully grasp. Let's let this scripture unfold a little bit more. God's working is so gracious, bringing life from the dead that he made alive or quickened to reanimate conjointly is what he did with Christ. God initiated a work in your life if you're a believer today. The Holy Spirit initiated a work. You can spend your life in religion. You can spend your life in churches. You can church hop. You can spend your life pursuing YouTube preachers and pursuing whatever it is you want to pursue. But God is the one who quickens and makes alive. He does a work that no other person can do. Obviously, he's given his children... The believer, responsibilities to share, to live. But that's where that ends. And that's hard for leaders of a church. We want to do more. Sometimes we, we think we can do more than we can really do. We share, we pray, and we invest. But it's a work that God's going to do. He makes alive. This is a reference to as to regeneration. I love that word, 
regeneration. It's not a word we use every day. It's a radical change in a life. How does that happen? I mean, there's plenty of self-helps out there for this. How does a radical change happen to where I'm not lifeless toward God? How does that happen? What can I do to push that along? You may be thinking today, what do I need to do? You need to listen. You need to listen. Listen to, to me. You need to listen to the words of Ephesians 2. If you're dead today, you need to listen to the Holy Spirit working in your life. You need to listen before you do. The word of God finds its way to your heart and the Holy Spirit's going to do something that nobody else can do for you. Nobody. I don't know when that happens for you. It's going to happen instantaneously, regeneration. But I can't tell you when it's going to happen. The biggest thing we need to do today is listen. Now, if you are a believer and you're following Christ, you're there, you should be smiling about right now. You should be praying and smiling. Praying for those that, that are thinking these things through, but you need to be praying for them. Regeneration is a spiritual birth entering into a heavenly realm. We looked at Ephesians 2.1, look at Ephesians 2.6. Drop your eyes down to verse 6. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. You, once you are in Christ, you are entering a heavenly realm, a spiritual realm. Birth. You may think, oh, what's that mean? I'm going to start lighting candles and floating about. That's not what that means. It means you're going to be alive to God. Brad read the scripture. God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He read from the book of the Gospel of John. This is perhaps the greatest motivator for a gospel or in a gospel conversation. The greatest motive. Do you want to be made live again? That's, that's really what this boils down to. Not do you want to be a better person. I need to work on being just a, a more benevolent, kind person. You, you, can, uh, you can do that on a surface level yourself. But do you want to be regenerated? Regenerated means your sins are removed. Lines of communication with the Father are very much active. What is regeneration as we think about gospel conversations? It's one dead person finding life and now sharing that life. Look at this. I'm going to crank it up now. Verse 1 we read, He made you alive who were dead in trespasses. Between verses 2 and 3, you know what to see? Your testimony, your story. Look in verse 2. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. In verse 2, he's writing to believers and he's sharing with them your story. Remember your story. Remember how you used to live, think, act, and be. Remember that. You once walked according to the course of this world. Well, what does the world say? I think you already know. We already know the underlying answer here 
The world is saying that, that you need things to be happy and content. If you only had this, you'll be happy and content. What does the world say? Man, you know, if you, if you were just to indulge just a little bit in some of the things of the world, it'll calm you down and you'll be a better person. Everything that the world has to offer. You once walked according to the course of this world. You once, by the way, is controlled by who? Look in verse two, verse 2. According to the prince of the power of the air. A lot of the things that the world is saying that we're contemplating, even as Christians, like, did God really say? Is that, what's that mean? Can I, how far can I live my life in this world and not sin against God? And that's where our trick is. That's where the trap is. Because the prince of the power of the air, meaning the world system is deceiving. It offers one thing, delivers something else. And the trick for us as believers is to go, but if I, I can do this and, and, and not sin, you're missing it. It's always about honoring him. Stay in that lane. Dude, stay in that lane. Stay in the honoring God lane and you won't have to worry about all the peripheral. It won't be such a big deal. Your testimony. Look in verse 3. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our own flesh. So he, comma. So he pauses, or I'm pausing there, to say this. It reminds us of James chapter 1. Where the world is tempting, the world is deceiving, the world is offering, and you're taking the bait. You know why? Because James chapter 1 says it's according to what we want. If I only had this, I'll be happy, I'll be complete. And by the way, regardless of your age, that's still a trap for us. That's part of that sin nature. We're drawn away by our own desires. You may think, well, I'm, at a, I'm mature in life now. All that other stuff, I don't, I don't need all that other stuff. It just looks different. Regardless of your age, it just looks different of what we're drawn away and enticed by. Your story, your testimony in verses 2 and 3, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath just as the others. You know what he's saying in verse 2 and 3? That's the first part of your testimony. Your testimony as a believer, as a follower in Christ, is look how you once lived. A lot of times testimonies start like that. They start with telling you how bad their life, what, this is what my life was like. And that's okay. If you get a chance, and by the way, everybody has a story to tell. You got, it's your story. I love sitting down with people and saying, man, what's your story? If they ain't telling, I'm asking questions. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Where's your mom and dad? Where'd they work? Where'd you do? I love that because you have a story and it's still being unfolding. But your story, and that's what he's doing for us in verse 2 and 3. He's reminding us of what your life was like prior to Christ. And man, can I warn you now, if you cannot remember what your life is like before Christ, you can't, I, we forget because we're such a forgetful people. That's a struggle. Ask him. Now, once he makes you alive, you're alive. But ask him to remember your chains. Remember that life. Because when you see how bad something is, we, we tend to forget that. But when you have the light, it puts a, 
It'll help us to remember. It'll magnify the light when we see how bad and hopeless we once were. Verse 2 and 3 is your testimony, your story. Look in verse 4 and 5. You see God's intervention. Here it is. But God. Remember who you were. Remember how you're living. Remember all these things. There's some big buts in the Bible. But God. He interrupts. He interrupts the, a person's life who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when, in verse 5, we were dead in trespasses, we were a corpse, made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved. You know what we are? We, we, we're waiting for this resurrection day. Like when the great resurrection, and, and in, in church terms, that means rapture is going to happen and we're going to get a new body and we get resurrected toward the end of revelation. All that, you're waiting for all that. What he's telling us right there, spiritually speaking, speaking, did you hear that? Spiritually speaking. I went to the rodeo last night. Now I can't talk right. Spiritually speaking, you've been resurrected if you're a genuine believer today. Let's stop living our lives like we're still dead. If you're a believer, he made you alive. He has intervened in our lives. Why do we revert back to old ways? I don't know why I do that. I don't know why we do it. Again, there's answers. The Bible tells us why, but man, we do it. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love. We think we love. We think we have examples of love. In fact, um, a lot of what we call love sometimes is sometimes it's just infatuation. It's just infatuation. In fact, I'll give you a bad example. My daughter's going to beat me up for this one. She got a puppy. Her and Alex got a pup. So they got this new dog. And, of course, it grips my heart because it's a boxer. That's my deal. That's my breed. So uh, good job on that. She, you chose correctly on that, the right dog. And right now, it already started this morning where Caitlin spent all day with her do the dog yesterday. And she's like, Dad, look. Dad, look. Dad, look. I said, stop. I am not looking every day at 30 pictures of you and this dog. That, that is equivalent to an eight-year-old coming to me going, watch me play Minecraft. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. It ain't happening. Love, right, 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 that, that love phase, that puppy love phase, it's, the, it's beautiful. The dog made an accident. About three years from now, that love may look a little different. We think we love when we walk this earth. And we, you know where I'm going with it. We, we, we do love. We do. But God who is rich in not, by not giving us what we deserve. Because of his great love. He doesn't give us what we deserve. We should have been long gone off this earth. We should have been long gone dealt with because of ours. It only takes one... It takes one sin. 
It takes a thought of a sin to be cast out of his presence. You can think, oh, pastor, that's too harsh. It's what he did to Lucifer. It's exactly what he did to Lucifer at the thought of a sin. You may think, well, he didn't. How did he sin? He can't, by thinking about it? Yeah. Where does sin come from? Our heart. Out of the heart, he should have, we should have never been as, able to live. And here we are. He's rich in not giving us what we deserve. That's mercy. Because of great love with which he loved us. God's intervention. Even when we were dead in trespasses. That's Romans 5.8. That's when he made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you are saved. Look at your position now. Verse 6 and 7. Verse 6 and 7 you see your position. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in, all, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us. Where? In Jesus Christ. When you're in Christ, you're in that vine. You're, that branch in the vine of, that he talks about in the Gospel of John. Your position. We forget that we've been raised to walk in the newness of life. There's going to be several baptisms coming up real soon. I, I get very excited over baptism. I get all keyed up because it, it's simple. And it's the newness of life. And I watch people come up out of that water and they're excited. And you can see that newness of life. But you know what happens? For some reason over time. That newness seems to wane and the, and the old just creeps back in. Doesn't mean you're not a believer. Doesn't mean that's the beauty of it. That, that he doesn't let go because of our position in him. I can't get you there. No church, no church can get you. Nobody can get you there but Christ and Christ alone. In verse 6 and 7. Raised us up together and made us sit in sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, we know Christ to be at the right hand of God. He has an arm reaching out to you and I. He's our connection. We have accessibility to God the Father because of Jesus Christ. That in the ages to come, he might show his riches. What ages to come are we talking about? In Revelation, we're up, in, up to chapter 8 on, in faithful life. But in ages to come, in the days to come... He might show his exceeding riches of his grace. I, 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 I allude to this. When we look at what's going to happen on this earth during the tribulation, the church is raptured out, the believer is raptured out, but when we, we get a glimpse of what's happening on earth, we're going to see his exceeding riches of his grace. And two, when we are in his presence, we're going to see the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus who gave us what we do not deserve. His love, his grace. Your testimony, God's intervention, your position. Consider his grace. Look in verse 8 and 9. For by grace you, were, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Verse 9, not of works, lest any 
one should boast. You know what amazes me about verse 8? Sometimes we, we learn, we memorize certain, certain portions of Scripture to where they become so routine. Like, we, I could, you could quote this verse with me. And, and I've said it a lot of times. I use it a lot at camps. And sometimes it rolls too fluidly off my tongue to where I'm not thinking about what I'm, the impact. But some people are hearing verse 8 for the first time. Think about that. For the first time, if you could, as a, a believer and a member of Cross Point Baptist Church, imagine hearing this verse for the very first time right now. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. For the person who's working their way to God, for the person who's, who, who can't put it down, they can't put the bottle down, they can't put the can down, and they're trying to fill that life, and it's killing them on the inside out, and they know it. They know, they know they're empty. They know something's amiss. For the one who's, who's chasing and pursuing and pursuing the, the things, that, the, the material things that, that are going to make me happy, the bigger the better, or better yet, the one who's pursuing a life that's so full, you don't need the bigger and the better, you need life experiences. And I want to travel and see all these life experiences. And at the end, you still know that, dang it, I'm still empty. For by grace you have been saved through faith. God intervened. He stepped in. It's not of yourself. Remember, you're dead. You're a corpse, according to verse 1. What can dead people do? Nothing. Can't do anything. For by grace you have been saved through faith. thing about a gift is uh, <laughs> I'm a terrible gift receiver. I don't like receiving gifts. I do behind closed doors. You know, I'm like, oh, look at this new toy. <laughs> but, but when people try to give me, th I, I'm not, I don't, I, I don't like. God's giving a gift. You've heard the illustration. It becomes yours when you receive it. Like, like. This is a gift, but this is more than a gift. A lot of gifts that we get are things that we want, luxuries. Sometimes it's what we need here on this earth. Father's Day, you get a new tie. You know, did I really need another tie? But this gift is a necessity. This isn't a luxury. It's a necessity. Not of works. You ain't going to get it done yourself. God's grace. And look at your change. Verse 10. By the way, this was me hitting these real quick. Verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship. Once you are made alive, you are in him. He is working you out, man. He's working it out. Can I tell you what Christine is doing at um, Christina Bibb for... Uh, this week, she leaves either tonight or tomorrow. She's going down to Youth Haven Bible Camp. Uh, Sunshine Week, Special Needs Week. She's doing the potter and the clay. 
I got the lesson ready to go. Gave me a copy. I've been looking at it. The potter and the clay. And what does that potter do? If you remember the, the storyline, the potter is always shaping, shaping. And sometimes it, it gets there and then it, we got to redo and, and reclump. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. God is at a work in the believer's life today for good works. Not because of good works, but for them. Doesn't that change everything? If you're like, God, I got to do this to keep you happy. No, for good works. I'm not doing good works to get to him. Now I get to do them and they're flowing out of. Yeah, there's some discipline involved, sure. We're, we're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. For which, uh, which God before, uh, prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know what that means? God knows what he's doing. Regeneration is, when does it happen, Pastor Scott? It's instantaneous at the completion of the hearing of God's word and the conviction and enlightening of the Holy Spirit towards Christ. Prove it. Look in chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In him, say him. That's capital H, y'all. That means in him. In him you also trusted. When? When did you trust in him? After you heard the word of truth. It comes down to the word and the spirit. The word and the spirit. This is why we're having, we're, we're, we got to get gospel conversations because the gospel ultimately is good news. Good news of what? The word. Here's the good news. You can have life today. Today. I want to be careful there because that sounded just like a salesman. And I'm, I'm not being funny there. That sounds like a salesman. That sounds like me going, hey, what do we got to do to get you saved today? It doesn't, it's the word of God and the spirit of God. I can't sell you there. That's a regeneration that takes place. I cannot get you there. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Look in verse 14. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Verse 13 and 14, regeneration is instantaneous. The completion, hearing of his word, and conviction. Do you need to have a conversation about that? Whether you're on Facebook or you're here today, you're like, man, I, I need to, I, I don't know that I'm there. I don't know that I've been regenerated. If you need to have that conversation, I strongly urge you, reach out. Reach out to me. We love to have conversations. Let's talk that through. Regeneration, so it's instantaneous. Regeneration is transforming. It's transforming, and God is the initiator. You say, prove it. Look in chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. There's the initiator. He initiated. He didn't say, I'm going to give a gift to the nice people. He's giving this gift of Jesus Christ. You may think, well, how do you know that? Because who did Christ die for? The offer was to the world. Luke chapter 2 at his birth. Uh, Simeon. The, 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 the words that are spoken, 
to the world. He's the initiator. Regeneration displays the power of God. You say prove it. Look in chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. Verse 19 and 20 of Ephesians. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? We forget about this. When we talk about a life being regenerated, that is the power of God on display. I'm not ashamed of that good news. It is the power of God. Look how this reads, actually. What is exceeding great? Exceeding greatness. So when we think about creation, we think about some powerful things. Faithful life, we were talking about volcanoes. That's a powerful thing. You think about who's ever been in Niagara Falls. That's a powerful thing. We think about this earth, the ecos. It's a powerful thing. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Here it is. The most powerful thing toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. The resurrection that he's given and offered to the believer. That's power of God is on display. Look in verse 20. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. That's the power of God. Do you have his power living in you today? Generation is vital and necessary. There's no option. There's no option here. I'm tempted to turn to John chapter 3, but we're not. We're going to stay in Ephesians. In John chapter 3, it, 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 I love John 3 because it's so, it lays it out where it's real simple. It makes it this or that. Regeneration is vital and necessary. Jesus said, marvel not that I say you got to be born again. But he didn't say it like that. You must be born again. But Pastor Scott, there's 8 billion people and... Or do we, we're not the only religion out there. I know, but there's only one gospel. There's only one. There's one. One way. Reminds me of camp just three weeks ago where a young man, two, whenever it was, who kept, he, man, can I say my verse? Can I say my verse? I want to say it in the microphone. Can I say my verse? Can I say my verse? And it was John 14, 6. He wanted to say his verse. And he did several times. I am the way, the truth. And the life, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I've heard that verse. I've said that verse a thousand times. But he wanted to say his verse. There's not many options. There's no options. There's no alternative. John 3, 3, 3, 3, 7, 3, 6. Physical, watch this. Physical birth fits us for earth. Spiritual birth fits us for heaven. Regeneration happens the moment of true salvation along with sealing. Look in 1.14. Look in uh, Ephesians 1.14. Who is the guarantor, guarantee of our inheritance. So Jesus, uh, the, Ho the Holy Spirit given to the believer is a down payment until the redemption of the purchase, uh, purchase possession to the praise of his glory. True salvation, along with sealing, adoption, reconciliation. Degenerate to regenerate. And by the way, I looked that word up this morning, or enunciation of it. I can say regenerate. 
regenerate or regenerate. It didn't rhyme my other way. So I got on dictionary.com and it said I'm illegal to say it that way. Degenerate. What does that mean, degenerate? The very thing we're talking at the very of chapter 2, verse 1. He made you alive who, were, who was a corpse to him. That's a degenerate. From dead to alive. Regeneration has the outpouring of peace. Romans chapter 5, new life. Listen, let me start to put a bow on this thing here this morning. I, I think that's, as I'm, as I'm looking out, there's something we're forgetting. And that is that new life that he gives us. But, but we're getting older. How's that? I don't understand. It's inside out, y'all. It's not outside in. New life. He gives us new life. He gives us, you become an eternal child of God. John 1, chapter 12, 13, Galatians chapter 3, 26. Regeneration begins, it begins sanctification to become children of God with his purposes. So once you're in the family, you're in. Once you're in, you're in. And listen, in our culture, that can be hard to, to grasp right now. That can be hard. To, we've had, I've known people that said, I've been disowned by my family. I've disowned them. I've heard others say I was, you know, because of uh, uh, fractured families. They don't know who's who or what's what anymore. You don't have to worry about any of that when you're in the family of God. You don't have to worry about any of that. But he starts, regeneration begins your progressive sanctification. It begins you setting apart to become children of God, but with a purpose. Everything you do as a child of God, he wants you to do it with a purpose. And he can show you how to get there. Romans chapter 8, 28. Romans 8, 28 through 30. Regeneration cannot be produced in and of itself. Romans chapter 3. We already use one line that I worked on. It must be important because I put an exclamation park point at the end of it. And then I'm going to reread Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And I hope that you hear it. The way that it was intended, the way the scripture was intended, and the Holy Spirit gives you the ears to hear this morning. Here's my line. I'm proud of it. We don't need renovation. We don't need reformation. We don't read, need reorganization. We need a rebirth. People, we need a rebirth. You have to have a rebirth. And Christ offers just that. I'm going to read Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. I'm going to encourage you to follow along. You don't have to read out loud, whether you have your Bible, electronic version, I'm sure it'll be on the screen. But if you have it in your hands, try to read, look at it from here. Sometimes I, I debate whether this is a good idea or not. I, I love it. I think more scripture is good, but it also kind of gives you a reason, well, I don't need to bring my Bible to church. It's going to be on the screens. That's not good. You, you need to have this. This is your Bible. 
This is your Bible. When, when, we, when you open this, your Bible, this is God's word speaking to your heart. And then when you go home and read it, you're going to remember where it was. You know what amazes me about the Bible? This happens to me all the time. I, I, I do not have a great memory uh, in certain areas. But I can tell you where certain scriptures are on a page, what side and where it's at. Struggle with where it's at. What book was that in chapter and verse? I, I don't know, but it's right here. It's on the, it's on the left side of the page at the bottom. How, how would I know that? Because I've read it more than once. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Regeneration is the topic of the day. Rebirth is what I want you to consider today. Rekindle that memory. Consider it today. If you're like, man, I've, 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 I've gone to church kind of sort of in my life. But I don't know that I'm, I'm there. We, I want you to get there. We're, we're willing to have the conversations and answer questions that you may have. Today, there's, we're going to end a little differently. We're not going to have an invitation today. We're going to end in a special time of prayer. And another element to that is that Christina, I uh, was trying to catch her before church and didn't, didn't catch her, so I'm kind of catching her off guard right now. But we're going to have a word of prayer, and I'm going to ask Christina if she would come up front with me. Because she has a big week. Now, it's so ironic to me for someone who, uh, her heart is so wide open for everyone to see. And uh, not, doesn't always like to be up front. But this week, that's exactly where she's going to be at, at Youth Haven Bible Camp. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, what we just shared. That's what's going to be shared at, at camp this week. That's what's going to be shown at camp this week. Special needs camp is we show love. But it's important that we consider these truths in our lives before we try to pass them off to someone else. 
Let me have a brief word of prayer. Then I'm going to call Christine up. We'll have another brief prayer. Let's bow. Lord, thank you for loving us today. And even though we're not having a formal invitation this morning, we do that on purpose. God, we're not ignoring anything that you would have us to do or be. But we need to make decisions, sometimes with clear thought. Oh, Lord, just do a word. Because there's people that are uncertain. They're not complete. They're not complete. You make us complete. You make us whole. We pray that. We pray that for the people within earshot today. When they hear about this word grace, they finally can thought about how bad their sin really is. He'll take it from there. When we are repentant, when we turn from that and turn, you'll take it. You'll work it out. But don't have anyone leave here today, I pray, dear God, without certainty in their heart about you, who you are, about who they are as we consider this life and what you're up to in this gospel message. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. I'm going to ask Christina if she would come down front. I want, and I'd ask Pastor Roger as well to come down as we want to take this time and pray for Christina. We're not doing this and definitely don't want to put pressure on you. That's not why I'm having you come down. What we want to do, I'll have you stand over here, is what we want to do is for church. We want you praying this week. Many of you have said, well, Pastor Scott, you've been down there. We've been praying. I heard it this morning. We pray for you down there at camp every day. And I, and I knew that. I felt that. And, and you need that. Um, it's, it's a long week. It can be. But when you make yourself open and available to what God would have, You need the, the undergirded prayer of, of your church family. So, Pastor Roger, if you would, let me, let me get you a microphone. I, I'm going to ask you to pray, and I'll be in agreement with you as well. Let's bow, church. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now thinking of the mission ahead for Christina. We pray that you would just... Give her a special blessing for what she's doing and, and as she ministers to children with special needs. We pray that you would be with them in every step of the way this week. Lord, I'm, I'm thankful that we have folks in our church like Christina that are willing to, to step out and do something that will make a difference in eternity. Mm -hmm. Lord, I pray for her mission this week that you would give her the words to say, your words, that you would guide her, that you would give her the grace, give her the words to say, give her the influence that she needs to uh, make an impact 
on those kiddos that will be there. We pray that you would be with those students that are in the, in the camp this week, that you would be with them and that they would hear the message that Christina presents, that they would even, if they're able and, and through your grace to receive that for themselves, that they might come to know you as personal Savior uh, this week. Lord, we trust in your uh, power to give her that ability as, uh, as Acts 1-8 claims that we'll receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon us. So we pray that your Holy Spirit would, yeah. would uh, lead her and guide her this week. We're so thankful for her mission and her desire to complete it. Yeah. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As Pastor Roger is going to dismiss us in a handful of announcements and some information you need, you're going to really need to pay attention to. I do need to draw attention to one thing. It's uh, somebody has a birthday today. It's Alex Stone's birthday today. So my future son-in-law, I'm sure that's going to cost me money somewhere down the line today. But uh, so you get a chance, say happy birthday to Alex. All right, Pastor Roger. All right. A couple of announcements here this morning. Calling all adult ladies. You are invited to a ladies luau Friday, August the 11th. So a couple of uh, weeks from now. Uh, time of relaxing, fun, fellowship, food, and a swim if you'd like to. Don't have to. At the Joneses at 6 p.m. on Friday, August the 11th. More details will be coming. There'll be a sign-up sheet out on the uh, Welcome Center. And... Uh, if you have any questions, you can ask Betty, Danielle, or Brittany, and they'll give you the details on that. So uh, all ladies are welcome of any, any uh, class or group uh, in here. And then I want to uh, make a mention about uh, maybe some of you that are on Crosstalk received a phone call this week instead of a text that you might, might have been expecting. And uh, this week we got notice that our Crosstalk app that we use, uh, Phone Tree, is uh, going dead. They're closing down due to some restrictions in this, in that process. So I am in the process of looking for a new service to use that will be able to do the same things that this Phone Tree uh, tool did for us, uh, email, uh, phone calls, and text. So that'll be researching uh, this week, and hopefully I, I've got somebody calling me about more details. I've got a meeting with them this week. Uh, the other thing about it is this will end on August the 1st. So unfortunately, uh, we may uh, have a period where we can't put out the prayer requests like we'd like to, and to try and drum up a phone tree within... Um, it just probably wouldn't happen in any timely manner to get, get them out. So we're just going to have to pause. And if you know of somebody that needs prayer, announce it here, you know, on Wednesday or, or uh, call your friends if you want to try and get the word out. But uh, there may be a time after August the 1st until we can get a new system up and running. Uh, so just be aware of that. Um, also, up till August the 1st, we only have got so many points each time we make a, a prayer request and put it out it costs us points that we purchase so I've got enough for about two or three more uh, prayer requests 
before I run out of points. So um, if there happens to be a lot of requests uh, before August the 1st, it may end for us prior to that. So just be aware of those things. We're working through it. Pastor Scott and I are talking about it. And so um, as soon as we can, we'll get a new system going and try and get you back in the position of receiving the messages like you had in the past. All right, with that, if you have any questions, be sure to ask me, but I think that's it until uh, till we get something new rolling. Uh, with that, you are dismissed. Have a great, blessed day. Thank you.